Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Now here's your host, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. Oh, happy Friday, everybody. Bill McCotch and Joseph Heckley. Political Power Hour, minus 10. Inside joke. We got to get Charlie to play the Rocky music for the lead-in for this. Yeah, he did last Ooh. week, didn't he? he did. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, we play music at after, after every break there, Bill. So. Okay. So there's still time. Hold your powder there. And there right? were a lot of Rocky movies, movies, so there's a lot to choose from. I've seen half of them. <laughs> I've seen all of them. You've really? only seen half of them? Yeah. Have you seen Over the Top, though? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the one arm that, wrestling? The one that's a Rocky movie that's not no. about boxing. It's no. about arm wrestling. No. <laughs> that's not what we're going to talk about today. Actually, we're going to start with a rather sad story. The passing of a senator, Diane Feinstein, California, 30-plus years as a senator. I remember I lived in California, not at that time, but after. Uh, came into office as a result of a shooting. Killing of uh, George Moscone, the mayor, and Harvey Milk, gay supervisor. At the time, very crazy story and she not just after that i mean she found muscone's body in his office i mean she was like literally right there on the scene and then a a famous historic press conference where she shared that news with the world this was of course in the 70s and then she would go on to become mayor herself elected in what is known as the year of the woman 1992 alongside barbara boxer from california a distinguished career, including senior roles on like the intelligence committee. Um, it's a, a very sad day for her family, for her colleagues. Uh, I'm sure I've missed many of them, but I thought Senator Johnson's uh, first comment this morning was incredibly gracious and kind and exactly the right spirit, which is, um, you know, all thoughts and prayers and wishes to her family and those who knew her a remarkable life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I'll be most well known for the assault weapons ban. I think it was 1994. She came in in 92, so, I mean, that's one of the things, obviously, her story, personal story, her professional story, as someone who came in office as a result of a shooting, something she'll always be known for. Also, the the, the end of her career um, had many, many times in the last year where she had a fall, she had some other shingles, so uh, kind of a a um, kind of disjointed final year in her term, and there were some questions about whether she should have stepped down. So, um, Bill, I'll give you a chance to, to comment. I'm going to build on something that Joe talked about, and, and that's Senator Johnson. I mean, this is a career that any politician would want to have, right? Today, she's getting praised from not only Democrats, but middle-of-the-road Republicans like Marco Rubio, all the way to far-right Republicans like Ron Johnson and Josh Hawley, all speak incredibly highly of her and how gracious she was this was a tough lady but she was also gracious right and on the toughness side let's not forget democrats tried to push her over the cliff over the last year and she says over over my blank body right and she stood her ground uh and was able to go out on her terms so uh she had a remarkable career i i hope she rests in peace and uh her family's got an, an incredible legacy um to look back on on this day the senators are sandy are doing the right thing Yes. Well, again, and she was kind of known for bipartisan communication. So this seems to show evidence of that if this kind of honor and respect is being shown now. And she's the longest serving female senator, arguably with discussions of term limits and that sort of thing. But within these parameters, that is an achievement. Real quick, not to make it a political story, but something has to happen. There there needs to be at least a 
temporary replacement. What do we think is going to happen there? Yeah, so there are a number of Democrats running for her seat. They were doing that already. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom will need to appoint an interim replacement. We were talking before we came on. The timing of this is a little unusual. Uh, typically, you would see when a sitting senator passes, you would give it a few days, give it a few, you know, some time before you nominated an interim. But because we are barreling towards a government shutdown, which I assume we'll talk about this hour, um, they might need a, a 50th Democratic vote to keep the government open. I think it is possible that we see an appointment by California Governor Gavin Newsom before the day is over so somebody can get on a plane and be available for votes over the weekend. Either of you know or have an idea who that might be? We know who it won't be, which is it won't be um, anyone in the race. Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, Katie Porter. Yeah, Katie Porter is the other three leading Democrats. He has said it will not be anyone running for the seat. He does not want to give any of the three of them an advantage and uh, let them fight it out. And and that's what's going to happen. So I, I, I take him at his word on that. Yeah. Remembering Senator Dianne Feinstein on her passing. Let's take a break here. We're going to catch up and uh, lots to talk about. Very busy week in politics. Joseph Pecky, Democratic strategist, Bill McCosh on the Republican side, Sandy and Steve. This is. The Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. I want to know who's climbing those steps right now. Is it Bill McCoshin, who's probably in the best shape of all of us? All right. There you go. There you go. I take that like, a little personally. <laughs> Actually, you're looking pretty good, too. You've been, you've yeah. been work- Hey, you've been working out? <laughs> hey, you've been working out over there? Uh, Sandy Matt. Whitnall football team? Uh, you get a lot of workout uh, running up and down the sidelines. Big game against last night. South Milwaukee. South Milwaukee. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, home or away? Uh, we're at home. We don't get to see the black AstroTurf. You yeah. see that story? I did see that. You I, I know people are new involved. rug for the South Milwaukee football program. It's black and it's cushioned underneath, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. Mm-hmm. With a different kind of a cushion, apparently, than most places do. I'm I'm going to actually reach out to those folks because I'm curious about it. Why yeah. Why they chose black? Seems like it'd be hot. No, um, I, they were. Sh- uh, they have the temperature gun thing that they were shooting it with. wasn't more than the air temperature, and that was in August. So. Raise your hand mm. if you did, if you thought we'd be talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to talk about other questions. Pop culture power yeah. hour. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. There was a debate this week: at Simi Valley, California, at the Reagan Presidential Library, the Air Force One in the background. Seven candidates. Um, I'll just give you my quick take. Sandy can jump in as well. It's it's too many candidates. We've talked about this before. This show has talked about this for a long time. Uh, moderators, there's at least one too many. I like one moderator, but that's just me. And I there was a lot of chaos and people trying to talk over each other, Sandy. It was just kind of like a hard-to-listen-to thing. You had ten voices with three moderators and seven candidates. So that was a lot. They did dip the mic a lot for everyone except speakers. The, the actual candidate speaking, but you could hear, a, you know, like five other people trying to go. And I've got a, something to say. So it, it wasn't wonderfully controlled. Um, but my takeaway, which I admitted yesterday, uh, and I'm not sheepish, but it's interesting to me that I actually went and looked at Nikki Haley's campaign website. I know that I don't agree with her on some policies, but she's coming out strong like a leader and is smart and sharp. She did have a stumble Oh, look at Joe looking at me. She did have a, <laughs> I would say, well, I would say a stumble that she gave in to the emotion, um, getting frustrated with Vivek 
Ramaswamy and and literally said, every time you open your mouth, I feel dumber. She went full bully, Billy Madison. <laughs> right. so, like, so that's not, um, you know, which was disappointing to me. In, I mean, I get the heat of the moment. Um, it was just disappointing where because she just could have nailed him on something else and made her points sharper and stronger in that you don't know what you're talking about. You're on TikTok, which is part of Chinese surveillance. You're not you're not helping, you know, and you want to appeal to younger voters, which, by the way, you want to raise the voting age to 25. Like if I can come up with that, I feel like she. Could <laughs> right. What do you think, Bill? So uh, on that quote itself, um, Women have a different standard, right? If Donald Trump had said that about Vivek Ramaswamy, it would be retweeted nonstop, right? As if it was the greatest knockout line in the history of politics. But a woman saying that, you know, she runs the risk of it being considered, you know, bitchy. And and that's mm-hmm. not always a good look. Uh, I don't see it that way, but I'm a Nikki Haley supporter. Right? Um, I watched that. I didn't see it that way either. But there are people who thought, well, that was a little bit over the line. But I'm not, you know... She, she was playing to win, and that's what I like about her. She's playing to win. And to your original point, Steve, it's it's time to thin the herd here. Uh, I think there are two really competitive ones, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. I would probably bring Vivek forward to the Miami debate just because he's pulling in double digits nationally at least. Uh, although the more that guy gets exposed, the, the more annoying he gets, at least to me. Uh, he's that guy who sits. Yeah, after Nikki Haley. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with good reason. He's the guy that sits in the front of the class and always has his hand up, always has an answer for something, and, and you're like, sit down and shut up. I thought you were that guy. No, I, <laughs> no, I was the guy in the back saying, "Can I look at your homework?" <laughs> we're in a society now where the word disruptor is is praised, and it it can be useful, but it can also just be He's exhausting got some and bad body language, though. When other people are trying to say something and he puts his hand up like, shut your mouth, that really Talk to the is, hand. We haven't talked to the hand. I, I mean, He's it's too young for that. It's so annoying. I don't uh, even like his hair. That's totally unrelated to everything. The Jimmy Neutron hair? Yeah, come, like, on. Wait, oh, come on, get a haircut or something. What is that about? <laughs> I can tell Bill's got grandkids if he knows who Jimmy Neutron is. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let's talk about those that need to get out. Doug Burgum. I think the guy's helped himself immensely in the first two debates but he has no chance it, it's i would take the win here and play live to fight another day let's not forget this is a four-year term we're talking about not an eight-year term whether joe biden is reelected or donald trump wins this thing and he is elected either only get four more years so if i'm doug Burgum, i say you know what i got my name out there i'm gonna pull back and and take the win uh, Tim Scott, listen, he's not presidential. I'm sorry. I like the guy. I think he's got a very compelling backstory, but he's just not presidential. Chris Christie and Mike Pence, I think, are running a festivist campaign. And for the Seinfeld viewers, <laughs> listeners, yeah, yeah, all they are is airing the grievances against Trump. I have said on this program, I think history will be kind to Mike Pence, but not immediate history. He's got to let that sort of breathe for 10 or 15 years, and people will look back and say, hmm, yeah, he did the right thing. This airing of the grievances thing is beneath him. Uh, I think it's time for those two guys to exit stage right. Real quick before you jump in, Joe, what did you think of the comments of former Governor Scott Walker on the debate? The, direct quote, tweet, the, or X, whatever it is now. The guy in Michigan tonight was more interesting than the gang in California, referring to Trump, his appearance in Michigan. Yeah, except for the unions in Michigan trash Trump for being over there. So I, I'm not sure that I would agree with the former governor on that. Uh, you know, it, he was on that stage. Tommy Thompson was on that stage. Neither of them did particularly well in, in the national spotlight. So I, I think there's sort of a fine line that he's got to walk on that. Uh, just one point of order. I agree with almost everything Bill said about like the thinning of the field, 
at whether or not that's going to make the difference. But if you think that if President Trump is wins, that he's, he's going to go away quietly after four years, come on, man. Like he, This is the uncovered problem here. You know that if Trump wins after four years, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, no, my time's done. I got my two terms. He's going to say, well, that first term didn't count because of the fake news media and the the Russia, Russia, Russia investigation. And we're going to have a constitutional crisis all over again. Now, the debate was really, really difficult to watch. People who cover politics and are supposed to watch this stuff couldn't suffer through all of it because it was so hard to watch. Yeah. And the, the ultimate question is, did it do anything to fundamentally change the dynamic of the race? It didn't. It didn't. Full stop. And so the question then becomes, what now? Is more debates the answer? Fewer people watched this one. We went from 13 million people watched the first one to 10 million people. That's nothing. There's there's dumb reality shows to get more viewers. Yeah, I'm than sure that. the Golden yes. Bachelor got more than that. Absolutely. And, and so the question is, what's the point of this if it's not changing the dynamic and Trump is running away with this thing? And particularly if in these two hour long things, no one is going to ask about Trump vulnerabilities like the fact that a judge this week ruled, yeah, your entire business enterprise was a fraud. We don't even have to go to trial. The only part of the trial is going to be how are how is the state of New York going to be made whole on this? And that was same day news. And nobody brings it up. And nobody brings up the fact that he called for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, his top military advisor, to be executed. And the moderators don't do it. The candidates don't do it. You have if you want to be the guy or gal, you got to beat the guy. And it's like they're not even trying. we got to get to break here, but I just want to read another one of the ideas of former Governor Scott Walker. No moderators with views contrary to the Republican platform. And I said it yesterday. What planet are you on? That's not how these things work. Way too many of these candidates are only going in front of friendly reporters. And I think it shows. Sides. And it shows. Yeah. Because yeah. their answers are not that good. No. It's a flaw in campaigns. You, you have to be able to talk to a larger audience than just the base. That's the reality. You... And a lot of other people have been saying this is going to get knocked down to three. Realistically, six weeks. Sandy made this point yesterday in Miami. Are we going to have three candidates? I don't think so. Well, then it becomes you, you got to ask yourself, why are these people hanging in there? And, and it's one of two things. One, they want a cabinet position or two, they are grifting. Right. And they're raising money on this in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. It, it, it is the evil underbody belly of politics. And it's sad. But the reality is the four people I've mentioned on this show have no chance to win this race. None. So if there, if any of them qualify for Miami, that's on the RNC for not raising the standards higher so that a guy like Doug Burgum can't buy ads in two states to prop up his numbers in those two states to get himself on the he stage. He is Bill McCosh and Joseph Becky, Sandy Max, Steve's committee, the political power hour. If you have a question for any of us, Bill, Joe, Sandy, Steve, 855 616 1620, that is the old National Bank talking text line. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> there was no poll. There was no metal poll produced in Wisconsin here at the uh, debates in California. I'm Sandy Mag, Steve Scafidi, joined by Joe Zapecki and Bill McCaution for the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. And uh, where do we go from here, gentlemen? So 
the RNC's number one objective has to be winning back the White House. And if that is, in fact, their objective, they have to trim this field as quickly as possible by the time we get to Miami. And they have to encourage the former president to get on the stage with these other candidates. That's in the party's best interest, both short term, midterm and long term. Uh, so it's up to the RNC to pull on their big boy pants and get to work. I'm not uh, bullish on the likelihood of that happening. I, listen, Republicans had choices along the way to to sort of get off the Trump train. They did not take them. And now the problem is it, it's gone on so long. There's no moving voters off of Trump. We, one of the more interesting things I saw this week, there's a conservative group kind of uh, close ties to Club for Growth. They have spent more than $6 million and run 40 different anti-Trump TV ads in early voting states for the presidential nomination, which attempt to undermine his conservative credentials on specific issues. And what they're finding is those ads don't work. The Republican primary voters are so in on Trump that it has become virtually impossible to move voters away from Trump. Bill and I have both worked on a lot of campaigns. When you get to that point where you're throwing 40 different ads at the wall and you're testing them and they're not working, gulp. Two names why it won't happen. Trump will be the candidate. Ronna McDaniel. She might, might as well be Trump's prom queen because she's all in on Donald Trump. And people like Governor Scott Walker, former governor. He wants Trump to be the president. And the two words I associate with that is stubborn. And the other one is... If you do this, if you nominate him and he gets killed in the election, stupid. And dangerous for the country. I mean, I'll throw in dangerous. Yeah. I'll throw in cowardly. Again, these these folks had moments along the way. We you know, we don't need to necessarily get into all of this today, but like Adam Kinzinger saying there were Republicans, including some from Wisconsin, who were ready to vote for impeachment. Like the dam could have broken and we could have been done with this. Republicans didn't do it. Now they're going to have to pay the price. Donald Trump's got to back down on the rhetoric. There's an 80% chance he's going to be the nominee, but burning down the House on DeSantis and Haley and now Glenn Youngkin is not smart long-term. Bill McCoshin, Joseph Pecky, Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi. It is the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. This is the Political Power Hour, the best hour of political talk in Wisconsin. And frankly, I, I'll, I'll go the whole Midwest, maybe the country. But let's not be too on top of ourselves here. Let's you got talk. a little Trump in you this morning. I do. It's the greatest show on, on the radio. <laughs> Everyone it's says it. Entertainment. On Give this guy ever. one compliment. Now McCoshin's feeling oh, really spicy. One of the textures apparently is in love with Bill McCoshin's hair today. Oh, so good well, job. Thank you, whoever that Speaking is. Speaking of hair, Bill McCoshin's got it going on. I think Jimmy he's Jimmy Senior. Yeah. yeah, I am. Actually. <laughs> uh, oh, a texture, uh, Mitch from Sturgeon Bay has this question. I think it's one that I just touched on. What do you have to say about, is it Rana or Rona? Rana, right? Rana. Rana McDaniel. How could she better preside over this GOP primary process? I would put my candidates in front of less friendly fire, right? Force them to answer some tough questions. Use a bigger pool of, of moderators from the National Media Corps. Yeah, some of them are wildly left. That's That's not the worst thing in the world. If you can stand up there and take the shots... You probably got a good chance of being the president of the United States. Newsom's doing Hannity for Pete's sakes. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, isn't that also a way to reach undecided moderate yeah. voters? 100% it is. I mean, let's not forget, Donald Trump went on CNN a year ago, and CNN CEO got fired after that. 
but he understood that you got to reach across the aisle. This is where I think the RNC is falling short, where everything is Fox, 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 Fox all the time. It's time to open up the kimono a little bit and let people in. You know, one time this really old guy with really great hair said to me, <laughs> politics is about addition. Who was that? Yeah, <laughs> who was that? Mr. James Neutron? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're, we're having some fun on the political power hour with Bill and Joe, but um, we're, we're facing a government shutdown. Serious business, and Bill and Not I were, facing. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Do, but, do you want to use your Seinfeld reference here? Yeah, and it's a shutdown about nothing. So we've gone from the the debate about grievances to Republican members of Congress this week have have declared this is the Seinfeld shutdown because it is a shutdown about nothing. There's no individual concrete thing that these hardliners in the Republican conference can say, like, this is what we're going to get. This is why we're doing this. It is chaos for chaos's sake. And what should have happened here is back in May, when there was a, a debt limit deal struck between Speaker McCarthy and Joe Biden, that deal would have cut a trillion dollars from the deficit. That's not small potatoes. I know it's not the whole thing, but you're not going to get the whole thing in one fell swoop, in one budget. And instead of Republicans going, okay, that's not the best deal, but it's a good deal. It cut, it reduces the deficit. They're choosing chaos. And now we're going to have to shut down the government. And I don't know how they back themselves out of this a week from now or two weeks from now. This could be a long shutdown. So the problem is these things are super hard to follow for the average citizen. So you have to make it as understandable as possible, which means you can only focus on one thing, right? Whether it's the the border, which is what I would recommend, or it's aid to Ukraine. One of those two things has to be the reason that this stalemate occurs. And right now, it may be both. It may be neither. Right. It's not clear. So I don't think it's being managed well from a Republican standpoint. There are reasons to stand up and fight. And this is one of them. Spending. I mean, spending exploded under Trump. It's gone. It, it's continued under Biden. And it's one of the things that's put, driving inflation in our country. But Republicans have not made the case. Instead, it looks like a food fight between Matt Gates and, and Kevin McCarthy. And most people don't know who either of those guys are. Much but, less who Tom Emmer is. But who, they're stopping the government. Why is that? We have to be better at this. Does McCarthy survive this? Um, Speaker of the House. Yeah, I don't think anyone else can get 218 votes. And I don't think they can get 218 to take them out. Unless the Democrats see uh, a window to create an uh, unbelievable amount of chaos. And what was said by some leading Democrats this week is, if McCarthy needs us to remain a Speaker, there's going to be some power-sharing demands from, from our side. Which, imagine. that's a non-start. So, like... It, it's going to be paralyzed. The House, maybe at some point they'll figure this out, but it's hard to imagine whether it's McCarthy or somebody else's speaker. Between now and next November, I wouldn't count on the House of Representatives to do much. We've had shutdowns as long as a month. What are we looking at here? Uh, my sources think two weeks and something will get worked out. The The one under Paul Ryan lasted 36 days, which I believe is the longest. Uh, he was in Madison the other night. He thinks it could go that long, so... Um, We'll see. I, I, it's not a good look for Republicans because they haven't defined it properly for the for the voters. Is it perspective or paranoia to think that the rest of the world is watching this and going, hmm? Oh, I think the rest of the world spot. is watching all of this. 
right? The Hunter Biden stuff, the GOP primary stuff, the Trump stuff, and saying, oh, my God. Well, we've got, we got a common theme here. Those then, guys gonna, can't get their act together. Or they didn't get their act together in the Hunter Biden hearing yesterday, did they? Well, you and I are going to have a little disagreement about that. we I, got time I, for that before the break? Let's take a break, then we'll get okay. back to it. Yeah, the, the big hearing this week in, in Washington committee looking at the, the conduct of the President of the United States, sort of, and, and his relationship to his son, and what happened or what didn't happen. We'll get to that. Joseph Pecky, Bill McCosh, and Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi. It is the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. It's a show about nothing. How do we know when it's over? It's not a show about nothing. This is the Political Power Hour with Joseph Pecky, Bill McCosh, and Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi. All right, we have a hearing, Bill, going on in Washington, D.C. Yeah. What the significance of this hearing, looking into the conduct and potential impeachment of the current president. First impeachment inquiry hearing is what this was, correct? Correct. Okay. That's the official title. And, and that is an important distinction because it, an inquiry is to give the Congress more powers to get information they need to determine whether or not they're going to go with a full-blown impeachment, articles of impeachment. I'm not sure they ever get to that point, but we won't know until we get all of the information. Uh, I, I, you know, Democrats got pretty excited yesterday about some things that uh, attorney Jonathan Turley said, a very conservative attorney, uh, where he said that there wasn't enough today to for the articles of impeachment. However, he said there was more than enough for the impeachment inquiry. And that's where Joe and I are going to disagree. So he was OK with starting this process, as am I. I. I've said on the show for for months, I think everything Hunter Biden did would have been in violation of Wisconsin ethics laws. Why it may or may not be at the federal levels is a question all by itself. Uh, But can they prove that Joe Biden was involved in this? Well, they got a little closer this week when a wire transfer went to Joe Biden's home address. But but they're they still got a long way to go. Which is where Hunter Biden was living at the time. Mm, Maybe in his book, he said he lived in California at the time. And you've got. Republican members of Congress getting asked, speaking of like going outside of the friendly bubble, right? I think it was, was it Mike Rogers, Indiana, yeah. who was asked, of, you know, he's waving and screaming and hollering about this, uh, why, you know, this wire transfer, this payment. And a reporter asked a pretty straightforward question, which is, well, this was after Joe Biden was vice president and before he was running for president. So how can that be, you know, anything untoward? And he stammers and hems and haws and doesn't have an answer. They, they don't have the goods. Right. The best they can do, the best they did do this week is pull out of context text messages that look pretty bad. But then within an hour after the hearing, Democrats come out and say, this is Hunter Biden saying he can't pay alimony without his dad's help. Right. The guy has made a series of really poor choices. No one is disputing that. And so he's communicating to his dad's lawyer and saying, I, you know, I need help. We need the money. I can't do this on my own. And for Republicans to willfully, right, they had the whole text message, to willfully take that out of context and present it as something it is not is part of the problem here. They have been looking at Hunter Biden and trying to tie Joe Biden to it since at least 2018, 2019, right, which is when uh, former President Trump is extorting Ukraine in service of this fantasy if they had the goods after all these years, we would see them. We haven't. Let's put some political context on this. This is uh, sort of the frosting on the cake from a political campaign standpoint. In other words, these allegations, whether proven or unproven, in and of themselves will not take down Joe Biden, in my opinion. 
They, they are ancillary to the bigger picture. The best message against Joe Biden today is his age. Democrats say it, independents say it, Republicans say it. Who took that off the table? Donald Trump. He doesn't want to fight on his age. This is like Scott Walker in 2018 deciding not to go after Tony Evers for declining test scores in the state of Wisconsin. These are the best lines of attack. And, and if Republicans take Joe Biden's age off the, off the table as an attack line, we are playing to lose. The American people will choose old over old and crazy. Hey, real quick, I want to get this Wisconsin piece in. Republicans now advocating some Republicans for early counting of ballots. Bill, is that a serious thought? I think it is. And I'm, I'm very open to this. Uh, As the, am I. The notion that we might go to ranked choice voting, which actually takes longer, and we might not find out for weeks or months who actually won an election, I'm totally opposed to. I'm open to some improvement on the early voting so that we can, you know, by 10 o'clock on election night, we know who won statewide races. I want to be really clear here. It's not counting the ballots early. It's processing. Right. Correct. And that's right. No release of information. Nothing comes out. This is like processing so that election night runs more smoothly. It would start on Monday. So just one day before this is standard operating procedure in a lot of states around the country It is Republicans introducing this. I hope that means that they've got the votes. Democrats should support this. This is common sense. It makes sense. Let's get it done. And if you really want to get involved, the Wisconsin Elections Commission is having an open meeting for the public virtually today at four o'clock where... For everybody who wants transparency into Friday now. at is four. That right? Friday at four, yeah. Sure. Is that right before or after <laughs> the open meeting of Speaker Voss's secret panel yeah. about impeachment? We can spend time on We're that. We're going to have a well. Zoom happy hour with the Elections Commission today. <laughs> we'll save that for a future uh, conversation. He is Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, Sandy Max, these could be the political power hour. Grab bag next. I'll, I'll actually bring my little Trump international story, which I shared with you earlier, to the to the, my grab bag, and I'm sure Sandy has one. And you gentlemen always show up with something. We'll see what they're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about after this on WTMJ Now. Interesting music choice there. Kathy says on the old National Bank talking text line, not sure where that came from exactly. Uh, Republicans have fallen off the cliff. It looked like morons to the, re- morons to the rest of the world. Quickly, I was on, on an international trip, and people would ask about Trump, and then I would give a response like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the dynamics of our race. And they would just laugh. You know, that's the basic response. Like just laughing about the absurdity of it. Just do it the way you did it, because it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> that big Italian laugh. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. That's all I got. So like a dismissive laugh. Like, bah. Yes. Yeah. Bah. Like Italians do. Dismissive. Forget right. about it. Forget about <laughs> it. Buongiorno. Listen, guys, times are tough. There's lots to... Like, choose to feel down about. It's like old man Biden be, in a rocking chair talking. You can be really sad, and it's hard to find hope. I'm just here to tell you, you guys. You know you're the young guy here, right? Yeah. That love is alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it your wedding anniversary or something? And if, if nothing else can bring us together as Americans, maybe Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey of the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs oh, really? are the love story oh. we need, the Romeo and Juliet of our times. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if you can bring Swifties... And football nation together, I think we still have an opportunity to unify as a country and to heal the divisions. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I can't wait to see what happens next for these two. I can Good luck, en- kids. I encourage you to go oh. go listen to what Mr. Kelsey has said about his relationships in the past and what his expectations are about women. You won't have that thought past 30 seconds. I, you know, Travis Kelsey's outfit last Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure he could survive in the <laughs> Chiefs locker room wearing that thing around. Anyway.
I have two quick things. Marquette University Law School poll, their national poll comes out next week, next Wednesday. Uh, thing to look for for Wisconsinites is it will include a presidential matchup here in, in Wisconsin. Last time they did this, Donald Trump had a one-point lead over Ron DeSantis, but in a head-to-head, DeSantis had a 17-point lead. And my second one quickly is kerfuffle in the uh, Waukesha County GOP this week. Former party chairman hires a prominent Democratic attorney to go after the current party chairman. It's all nonsense. It's all a violation of Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment. Knock it off, guys. We need Waukesha County to be strong. Do houses divided typically win elections? No, they lose. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Sam, you got a grab bag this week? Anything on your mind? I did not. I did not. I thought grab bag was... Exclusively for our guests. No. So we should trademark sense. it. We should trademark it. Well, That's quite all right. We should though. trademark it. But thank you for asking. Yeah, rather than like just take up airspace with. Have more... you guys done anything mm. on the Kelsey Swift stuff this week? I just no. I think this is great content for the masses. People are excited about it. It's funny. Some of the takes have been hilarious. She's an like economic that. powerhouse. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, smartest businesswoman in the country. A picture of She's her. Killing it. Is she the new? Ha- is she the new Oprah? But hold on, uh, a picture of her, mm. she doesn't even have to be the Oprah, she doesn't have to be the communicator, rabbling. she's going to be a great singer, songwriter, entertainer. She's sitting in the suite with a half-eaten chicken nugget and a blop of ketchup and a blop of white sauce, which is, oh, I'm going to misphrase it, but like, seemingly ranch. Yeah, it's ranch. <laughs> is what it was called yeah. online, and is blown up. Heinz is now yeah. setting a hundred... Collector bottles of ketchup and seemingly oh ranch. I mean, she's the golden so, And she may be cool. She did shots with uh, with the quarterback's wife that night oh. at the club. And was yeah. sitting with uh, Kelsey's wife. Oh, oh. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, yeah his wife. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Come on, I'll give you a little and pop culture on T-Swift. <laughs> but a 400% increase in Kelsey jersey sales. Oh, yeah. So, like, wherever oh, yeah. she appears, she's got the Midas touch. So. My nieces call the ketchup ranch uh, cranch, I guess. That, <laughs> I've heard that. So. You were talking before the show about um, just the fact that she, she, on her own, was pitching this movie. Yeah, so the All era, the big smart male, generally, studio heads, nah, we're not interested. She just does it herself. And this movie's yeah. going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. No question. The, I would have financed that thing. Yeah. Jeez. This is the model that she has busted this is a every... Except for Ticketmaster, I think, but she has revolutionized how she will give her time. <laughs> give her time. Streaming. She's and only how She's managed her own catalog and re-recorded it because the music industry <laughs> didn't treat her fairly. It, it, so it was very interesting to keep watching her. And she, we were just talking about her age. She's just over thirty. She's not yeah. finished. And worth seven hundred and eighty million dollars. I'm surprised it's not a billion. If oh, it's, yeah. if it's I am not too. a billion by too. the end of this year. Oh, it yeah. will be. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. I can't believe we got Taylor Swift, and that's good. I, and I didn't bring it up. There's more. <laughs> there's more brother. that unites us than <laughs> oh, divides us, people. Oh, Don't forget the, that. Look at the voice of reason. Music that, brings that people Joe together. Joe has turned into now. Who's Eeyore? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Zapacki, Bill McCosh, and Sandy Max. Yours truly. It, this has been a fantastic political power. Are we we podcast these things. You can go listen if you missed any of this. And this is one you want to listen to because there's a lot of great stuff in this hour. Minus about six minutes, but it is good nonetheless. <laughs> Gentlemen, we'll we'll talk next week. This has been the first hour, an amazing first hour of WTMG Now with Sandy and Steve.